Okay, I guess it's my turn. So um, let me share what what God's been uh, talking to me about. Um, and I share this partially because um, so um, partially because it's what uh, what God's been doing, but also I've heard it from some others. Now, kids, do I got the kids? Can the kids see me? Yeah. So, kids, I want you to tell me how you feel when your mom or dad approves of you. How do you feel? Great. Okay. Some of the kids? <laughs> quiet, kids. Well, you guys are really quiet in church today. That's something. Um, how do you feel when you feel like they don't approve of you? Not too good. Okay. Bad. Okay, there, somebody spoke up there. All right. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of a hard thing. We, we like it when people approve of us. Or how about youth? Um, you pretend you don't care what your parents think, but what do you think about your peers and your friends? Do they approve of you or don't approve of you? How does that make you feel? Oh, you don't care. Okay, that's good. Um, it's just old people that care. Um, so us old people do care. So uh, what our friends think of us, and even what our parents think of us, and even what our kids think of us. Um, so as I was, um, so I'm going to be a, a little, uh, forgive me if I'm a little vulnerable here, but um, so th this, this whole spirit impartation prayer thing was really cool. And, um, and um, Lutz has said part of it was that I had said, you know, if you have something that you feel like God needs to happen, God wants to do, do it. You know, and so they said, oh, I think this should happen. Let's do it. And so they led it along with, you know, Andrew and Ben and, and just others, many others. And, and that was really cool. Um, and, and also uh, there is some people in this congregation who are real prayer warriors. So let me just call some people out. So if you, if you were part of the SIP thing, of planning it, of leading any part of it, would you please stand up? Just stand up. Yeah, thank you. And now if you, if you have been part of the prayer ministry, in the live streams ministry, you come right, whoops, stay standing. Come regularly on Thursdays. Um, at the 7 a.m. or the noon or the 5, you know, or even fairly often. Could you stand up? Okay. Yeah, so there's, and there's others who are too shy to admit anything, but can we, can we say thanks to these folks? And I want to honor them for their, for their prayer for us because we really run on those prayers. And those of you who can't get away at noon, you, I know you also pray. It's not a, a uh, it's not that kind of a thing. But but here's the here's the the thing about it. Um, there's this thing of expectation. I've been thinking about expectation, and expectation is a good thing. We expect, you know, we we part of this sip thing was expecting God to do something. But then there's this other thing where expectation can be a bad thing. Um, so somebody was saying the secret to a happy marriage is not to expect anything. And I think there's some truth in that. Um, and I think the same for kids. 
And for parents, if you don't expect anything of your kids, you, you'll be a lot happier than if you expect. I mean, if you don't expect your parents to really be, you know, you'll be happier. Um, and so there's this thing of expectation that, that because I, you've heard this formula, I came up a long time ago, and, and actually I didn't. I think uh, Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha, did first. But R minus E equals H. So reality minus expectation equals happiness. So if reality is a higher value than what you expected, you're happy, right? If it's lower than what you expected, you're not happy. If you expected more than you got, you're unhappy. So expectation is a tricky thing. On the one hand, we want to expect good things. But you also have to expect appropriately. Now, I think when we expect from God, he tells us in his word, what, you know, if you ask me for the Holy Spirit, it's like a father. If you ask for a fish, he won't give you a snake. If you ask for bread, he won't give you, a, you know, he won't give you something dangerous. He won't give you a scorpion. Um, so we can expect good things from our Father. And yet, sometimes we expect something from God, and then he doesn't give us what we wanted. And then we're disappointed because we're like, no, I wanted that. And you gave me, and, and sometimes we see the toy that our, or the thing that, that God given to, you know, our father gave our brother or sister something else. And we're like, I want that. And God says, well, he doesn't give it to us. And then we're like, wait a second. How come you love them more than me? How come they get that and I don't? And we start feeling this disappointed unhappy thing. And the trick about this sip time is I think it released some things, it released some hunger, and it also is a little dangerous. Because there's this expectation thing, and then all of us kind of gauge ourselves by, oh, you know, I, I came to this prayer time, or I came up to the altar, and I needed, I was hoping for, and then it wasn't really that. So what happened? What's wrong with me? What, 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 what can, what's with God or what, what's going on? And somebody else gave this testimony and said that God gave them peace or they're, they're not lonely anymore. But I, I came to prayer. I still feel lonely. I, I'm still anxious. Well, what's going on? And, and, you know, growing up Pentecostal, this was also the thing, you know, we all I want to be filled with the spirit. I want to be baptized in the spirit. I want to speak in tongues and somebody else speaks in tongues and I, I remember being in youth camp and like this kid comes, you know, I've been wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. This kid comes, he gets saved one night and the next night he's speaking in tongues. I'm like, God, what's the deal with that? I, every summer I come to this camp and pray to be filled with the Spirit and I, it doesn't happen. At least I don't speak in tongues. So what happened with that? There's this expectation thing that, and this disappointment. Now, you know, God did get around to that, but there's this disappointment thing that can happen. Now, Add to that, when you're a pastor and you look out in this congregation, you think, what does that person expect of me? And what are they expecting? What are, you know, are they expecting that I should be leading prayer? And if I'm not leading prayer, then I'm, I must not be that spiritual? What if I don't go to all the prayer meetings? So let's be, let me be honest. I asked these guys, and they said, you know, we got it covered. Come to whatever you want to. So I came to whatever I wanted to. But there was a thing in me that was like, but maybe I should go because, you know, I, I, I could go. 
And they people, you know, I I look more like a real pastor. Um, and then there's the thing of, you know, like visiting people. Oh, this person's sick, and that, you, everything comes through the prayer chain. Like, ooh, I should. Um, and then the, yeah, there's a lot of deep needs that don't get on the prayer chain that I find out about, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do about that? And and so I and then you know my dad was a pretty good pastor. He worked like 70 hours a week, and he and he visited pretty much everybody. And and Pastor Jim was a good pastor, and you know he worked like crazy too. And then you and then I also have this mission thing I'm supposed to be doing, and I, I'm, I'm like, and and then you know you you know how it is. You know you know your dad worked really hard, and then he also had said I shouldn't have been so busy. I should have spent more time with the family. So you you try to live not only the life he lived, but also the life he wish he'd lived. So how do you live two lives in one? Um, that's kind of the trick of life, right? So, so in case you didn't know, I have now been a lead pastor for almost a year. And I'm trying to figure this thing out. What am I supposed to do? What do people expect of me? And, and, um, so, um, so, so I, I've, okay. So I, I'm going to tell you what really happened to me at SIP. Okay. Well, first of all, we had a, a pastor's prayer retreat the Monday before, and that was really good. We went off and, and prayed, and we were out in nature. It was really, really good. The, the SIP thing, we, um, you know, part of it, I went up for my dad's birthday, and so I, I didn't do anything the first few days, and then I, I came to some of the things, some of the nights, some of the things, and, and they were good. Some of them were fine. Some of them were better. And some of them were, you know, good. And, and you know, I fasted like one meal a day. Some of the days I didn't fast the whole 10 days and that's just honest confessions. And you know what? Nothing really happened because I fasted that I could tell. So I don't know, maybe something happened, maybe it didn't. But, um, and th here's the thing. I think all of us feel some of this. So some of us look at the people who just stood up and we go, wow. They're the prayer warriors. I, I wish I could be like that. What I found out is some of them look at some other people and say, wow, I wish I could be like that person. I found out that one of the people was instructed, so, so teach like this person. And, and that person went to when they taught and said, wow, they did so good. I could never teach like that. I'm, I'm just so intimidated. Do you get what's going on? Like we're all thinking everybody else is somehow more spiritual. Maybe that's because we don't know all the stuff that's going on in their lives. And we know all the stuff that's going on in our lives. Um, all the stuff that we can't, we don't really share on the prayer chain, you know? Um so what is, what's with that? What do we do with expectations? So, um, so on Tuesday, I went to my spiritual director, and, and um, he, uh, it's something I do about once a month, and, and he uh, did what he often does. He read a scripture, about four scriptures, the same scripture four times, and then pause and read it again slowly. And it was about God knowing the desires of your heart. And I know what your desires are and so forth. He said, so now, what are, what's your desire? 
As I thought about that, I thought about I'm missing my dad, and I'm wondering about if I'm being a good pastor, and I'm I have just a whole list of things. And my kids are coming home, and I'm gonna. Am I, is this, how is this gonna be with my adult kids and adult parenting? And are they gonna be okay? And um, and you know what? All came around this word approval. I miss my dad's approval. I, I, I don't know if I'm getting the right approval. Am I doing okay as a pastor? Am I, all these different things. Am I doing okay as a father? Am I doing okay? Anybody else ever wish for approval? Some of you. That's good. Okay. Um, the rest of you are fine. That's all right. Um, so let me, for those of you who does do sometimes wish for approval, let me just continue here. Um, so the... Um, The thing that, um, and so let me let me read us. Let me take us to a scripture. Uh, no, I'm just going to continue first. We'll go back to the scripture. So, so as I thought about this, I thought, you know, I um, I I want. To have this approval, and the other word, the other time I was with my spiritual director that came was acceptance. Both God's acceptance and accepting what's in life. And what God, you know, it's a beastly hot day, I think somebody said earlier today. And uh, a few weeks ago we were saying that, what's with a blizzard? And we just can't, you know, or can we accept and, and approving? Um, so... Um, in this in the scripture when it talks about the filling of the Holy Spirit um, and you know when I thought well let me switch and let's go to sip I I took out my activities of the Holy Spirit in Luke Acts paper and it's really good stuff but I'm not really going to go there um, we don't have time for teaching I thought we'd just do some quick look at scripture but also talking about that thing of approval so in Luke, it starts with a filling of the Spirit, and, and it starts with, there has been silence, right? And then Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. The Spirit comes on Mary, and, um, and then Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and it says that John will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And you know, in the Old Testament, which Luke really depends on, he uses the words out of the, the Greek version of the Old Testament a lot. The people were saved and they were, and they were, you know, lived holy lives, but the spirit came on certain people to do certain things. Remember David was anointed and Saul, Saul got anointed and spoke in tongues and then, and then went or prophesied whatever he did. Um, and then the, um, certain people were anointed for certain things, the priests and the kings and certain times, and the judges, and Samson got really strong when he got anointed and had to deliver. But it wasn't for everybody. And now that is coming. And there's this anticipation, this expectation. Who is Jesus? And what's this? There's prophecies, and it's filled with the Spirit. There's things happening. And there's been no prophecies for 400 years, it seems like. And now there's prophecies talking about what's going to happen. And then Jesus comes, and you know, he does nothing for 30 years, except grow in stature and and favor with God and man and grace. And then he shows up in the end of John, sorry, Luke 3, with John the Baptist. 
Um, and the scripture is in your bullets in there, or you can find it. The end of Luke 3, 21. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. Now, I know this is repeat, and, but uh, as he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. I already preached on this, but I felt like we need to say it again. You are the father's dearly loved child. And you bring him great joy. Kids, whatever your mom and dad think, you are God's dearly loved child. You bring him great joy. He approves of you. He's blessing you. He's excited about you. Adults, you too. He's excited and approves of you. And then we get a genealogy, and then the next thing it says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time, and he became very hungry. One thing I want to tell you is, whatever your circumstance is, that doesn't change that God, you're dearly loved, and you have great joy. So even if you're lonely, even if you're losing your job, even if you've had um, traumatic brain injury and chemical dependency and, and whatever else is going on, you may be going through a really hard time. This may be the wilderness. But like the children of Israel, Jesus was led into the wilderness to learn what he had to teach them in the wilderness to, and to learn what Jesus needed to learn in the wilderness. And he met Satan there. And Satan messed with him. One of the things he says is, if you're the son of God, since you're the son of God, if you're such a dearly loved son, well, why don't you do this? And Jesus had to know how to deal with being a son and whether he could use the filling of the Holy Spirit and the power that that gave him to feed himself or whether it was something for somebody else. Now, when the Holy Spirit um, comes, the Holy Spirit comes for a purpose. And the Holy Spirit comes to do something. So um, when Jesus comes back from, the, from there, it says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread through the whole region. He, he preached regularly in the synagogues. And then he goes into his home synagogue, and he's, he takes the role, and he, says, he reads from the role of Isaiah. This is 4.18. And, and he says, The Spirit... Of the Lord, he's quoting Isaiah, reading this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Then he says, Then this scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Jesus knew what he was supposed to do because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And 
And then he goes on and says, but this is for everybody else. And then they get all upset because it's not just for, the, for them. At the end of that time, they're coming and they say, hey, this is great. And they come and they say, he goes out in prayer. The crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. So he continued to travel around preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. So Jesus knew what he was supposed to do. Because how did Jesus know what he was supposed to do? That's a good question. Let's see the next slide here. You're my dearly loved child. You bring me great joy. What? Okay, that's good. You are my dearly loved child. You bring me great joy. Get that in your heads. Because you know the biggest reason why we don't go to God? Because we're not sure this is true. So we're like, we, when it comes to prayer, we're like, well, should I go to God? Because what will he think? And should I go to this prayer thing? Because it'll be, you know, what will people think of me going to the prayer thing? And will I sound silly or do I, whatever. It's, Pastor Jim said a great thing when he was telling his high points of his meetings with the Spirit. He said, you know, he was in one place and he said, you know, am I too spiritual or am I not spiritual enough? And God said what to him? Do you remember? It's not about you. Whoa, it's not about me? That's a revelation, isn't it? It's not about me. And it's not about my experiences. And it's not about my feelings. And it's not actually about if I feel peace or I feel lonely or I feel loved or I feel anxious or I feel... Because even in the wilderness, even Job, on the dump heap with his boils and, his, and all of his friends criticizing him, God was showing his picture off. This is my favorite. You don't know what God thinks about you based on how you feel right now or whether you had the same experience somebody else did. So let, let, me, let me give you another next slide. It's just a picture, I have a few of these, of my mom and dad approving and appreciating us. You can say we're having a good time. My mom does it with food. My dad does it with words. And they, they give generously to team and the other things too. But that's a picture for me of approval. And dad wasn't always easy to please, as my, bro as my brother said at the funeral. He wasn't, he was hard to please. But as he got a hold of God's acceptance and approval of him, he became more and more approving of other people. So one of the main things we need to do is know, know that God approves of us so that we can pass that on. And then prayer becomes easy. I didn't have a hard time going to talk to my dad. The other thing my brother Nathan said, who was in Africa, and he would call, and he said, you know, mom and dad would always say, oh, thank you for calling. And they'd always end with, thanks again for calling. And they never said, but why don't you call more often? Because they didn't expect. They just appreciated what was there. And you know what? When you go to your father, he says, thank you for calling. I want to spend some time with you. And he doesn't say, but why don't you come more often? How come you don't have regular 6 a.m. Bible study? That's what we say. And we get a little boost from the accuser. And the truth is the accuser has been part of this 
things so that when you've been sitting in the pew watching people up here, the accuser's saying, how come you're not up there? You're not that spiritual, are you? Or you come up here and it's not what you thought it was and he's saying, what's wrong with you? How come you didn't get what that other person got? The accuser is the one who wants you to feel like you're not approved. Like you're not okay. Because God is approving. And you know what? He even sent his son to deal with your sin so that you can be approved of. That's what she said it. That's how much he loved us. It's not that we're so great. It's that he loves so much. And he gives different tools. So here's the thing. Somebody meets the Holy Spirit and they get a hammer. And you say that this is what happened when you're building the church up in Cloquet. The kids always wanted a hammer. Can I have a hammer? Because they, I want to be, because he's got a hammer. The master electrician, he was happy with the broom. He was happy to sweep up whatever needed to be done. But the, but the youth and the kids were like, give me a hammer. But you know, a lot of us, we want to have the Holy Spirit so we can say, see my hammer? I had an experience with the Holy Spirit. I can speak in tongues. I, it's not about you folks. You know what a hammer is for? It's to build something. And we get something from the Holy Spirit because it's a gift to the congregation. It's a gift to the world for you to build the kingdom of God. And you know what? God gives hammers to people so they can do the... T but as Pentecostals, fortunately, we know about the tools. But we can get so focused on the tools, we forget about the task. Hey, I speak in tongues. Well, what'd you do with it? You know what? The tongues was so cool. So... One of the things I want to say is this beginning of Luke is matching the beginning of Acts. The same kind of themes and stuff is happening there. And, and I don't have time to show you how. But one of the things is the Gentiles, Jesus says it's for the Gentiles, for the nations. And in Acts, they speak the wonders of God in all kinds of different languages. You know how it must have felt for people from all kinds of different languages? One of the things they have left from the temple is this this barrier that says do not go any farther if you're not Jewish you take your life in your hands if you do kind of like a sign I just saw that said trespassers will be shot survivors will be shot again that was what the nations got when they came to the temple and then they saw the fire that never came on that temple but came on the tabernacle in the other temple fall on these other people. I don't know if they saw it or not, but they heard in my language the wonders of God. But that's not Jewish. They had to come and they had to change their money into temple money before they could give. Your money's not good enough. But here God was speaking their language. And people were speaking their language. That said something to Gentiles and to the Jews that was brand new. And every time the spirit fell, it said something new to, you know what? God also loves Samaritans. God also loves Cornelius and Gentiles. And he accepts them just the way they are. That's what it was about. And you know what? Maybe you didn't get a hammer. But maybe we need something else. You know? We moved into our house yesterday. Praise God. I was going to give you a testimony about that. Don't have time for that. Pastor Ben had one of these. I needed this. And, and Rick and Jean were there, and they helped me to rip up the carpet. And I had to have this 
to rip up the carpet. A hammer by itself would not... Now, it worked well with the hammer to rip up the carpet so that we could see the beautiful wood floor that was under there. And he also had one of these to pull the nails out. Thank you, Pastor Ben. That was a wonderful gift. But, you know, if I didn't have Pastor Ben's gifts, I wouldn't have got it done. And if I didn't have them helping me out, we wouldn't have never got it done yesterday. And so yesterday, and Warren gave me his truck, and some other people showed up and helped haul some things, and we got it done because we brought our different gifts. And you know what? The Holy Spirit has a lot of gifts. And if you see somebody else, you're like, all I got is this dumb thing. I wanted a hammer. Kind of, God, why can't you give me a hammer? Or you got this and you're like, well, I'm not one of those hammer people. I'm more spiritual or more liturgical or more orthodox or more whatever. God needs you. And, and you know what? God, the Holy Spirit, has a whole set of tools Spirit approves of you. And we need you, but actually we don't need you as much as we need the Holy Spirit flowing through you. And God, he loves you. He is just anxious to see you. So next slide. So here's what happened at the end of my spiritual direction time. I, I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know, Jesus didn't seem to meet people's expectations. People were disappointed with him all the time. Like always. When he's riding into the temple and some people are like all excited and other people are like, oh yeah, he raised somebody from the dead. Isn't this cool? And somebody else is like, well, shut those people up. And everybody's, and the disciples even, it says, didn't know what was going on until later. But why did Jesus know what to do? He said, I do what I see my father doing. Next slide. Um, so here's my grandkids, my kids, trying to do what my father did. He's sitting there, so they just, they did that too. He, he always had a recliner at home and one in the office, and uh, he'd, like, he'd come home, have lunch, and take a 15-minute nap. And um, so they're doing what they saw their father doing. Saw my dad doing in this case. Um, and you know, that's when it hit me. I don't need to do what I saw Pastor Jim doing. I don't need to do what I saw my father doing. I need to do what I see my father doing. 
And one of the things I see the Father doing and I need to see is Him approving of me. So that I can share that with you. That you know what? God approves of me. Whatever you think of me. Besides that, He also approves of you. Whatever you think of you. And whatever I think of you. God approves of you. And that is key to then us saying, you all want me to do this? But that's not why I was sent. I was sent over there. He disappointed the whole crowd. He just did not get this self-promotion thing down at all. He would not have done well on social media either, I'm sure. But Jesus did what he saw his father doing. How do you get to see what your father's doing? Why do you go hang out with him? Why do you go hang out with him? Because he approves of you. Because he's fun to hang out with. Because he's a wonderful father who loves you so much. And that, I think, is the barrier that keeps us from going to God. Because it's about, well, am I spiritual enough? Or am I doing this right? Or, you know, he's going to say, how come he didn't show up last time? Or what? You know, God loves you. So when we continue this sip thing, the hunger thing, whatever the next step is for you. So we have Thursday prayer, 7 a.m., 12, 5. Come if you want to. It's a good time. Don't come if you don't want to. What's the Father doing? What time does he want you to pray? Whenever you can make it, he'll be happy to see you. That's the thing. Some of us know God loves us. We're just not sure he likes us. He does. He likes you. You bring him great joy. Whatever your particular circumstance is right now, whether you feel it or not, whether you experience it or not, whether you get a hammer or a saw, whether you're getting blessed or it's tough right now. Can the worship team come? Next slide. One point sermon. I had a whole paper of other points, but my main point is this. Enjoy your father's love. Enjoy your mother's love. I, I picture God as my mother, God as my father, different times. You know what? We moved into this house, and God has been doing different things that have been just such a blessing. We ripped up the carpets, and there's beautiful wood under there. How do you, what do you know? And after everything was done, I was exhausted. I thought, you know, we're, we're close to Como Park here. Let me go for a walk. And um, I'm thinking, isn't it great? Now, let's just take a whole story to tell you, but my favorite place is the woods. And when I was in third grade, we moved to a place that had woods behind it. And that's where I meet God and love it. So I go over to Como Park. And what do you know? There's this little barrier, little strip of woods that you can actually walk on a path between Hamlin Avenue and Como and you're in the woods. It's not a park. It's the woods. And I walked down this path through the woods for blocks. And I was like, God, this is so cool. And it's cooled off. And it's, God, you're just being so good to me. And you know what I found in the middle of the woods? A recliner. <laughs> just out in the middle of the woods. 
And I told you that was my dad's favorite. That's my favorite place to to uh, to study and whatever because probably because of my dad. And it wasn't so clean, but I I sat down. It was comfortable, and I went, God, you're just crazy. <laughs> About I get my nuts skull that you love me, that you'd give me a house next to a park so I can walk in the woods. And you had to put a lamppost in the middle of an Arnie or a recliner in the middle of the woods to get me to realize. And you don't have to have a recliner experience. Don't try to do God's going to talk to you some other way, okay? And maybe you're going to experience it, and maybe you're not going to feel it. It's going to be you and the devil by yourself. Remember when he told you. Right now. You are approved. God loves you. You're his dearly loved child. Let's stand up. I'm going to say a benediction, and then I'm going to let people go, let people stay, let people pray. And, uh, you're welcome to pray wherever. You're welcome to pray on your way home. You're welcome to whenever, however you want to meet your God who is crazy about you. Do that. Let me, let me just say a benediction before we go. Let me pray first. Lord, Father, thank you so much that you love us so much that you would send your son to die for us. Thank you, Jesus, for being willing to give yourself for us. Thank you, Jesus, for not only receiving the Holy Spirit and ministering in that way, but going and sending, imparting the Holy Spirit on us. So that each of us, every one of us, could be filled with the Holy Spirit and have tools for the task. And we could build your kingdom here. Or we could participate in you building. We know you are the master builder, the architect, the chief contractor. Just show us what we're supposed to do. Show us how to hammer and we'll do what we can. We need you to give us the hammer. But we trust you to do that. Thank you for all of us and the ways that you're differently gifting us and through us to this world. And bringing your kingdom here. Jesus, thank you. Father, thank you. Father, thank you for your love. And now go in the love of the Father. Go in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Go with the presence of Jesus into your world to build the kingdom, to participate in his building of the kingdom in your neighborhood, your family, your contacts. Amen.